Well, I hope you're enjoying the dismantling of your country and your Second Amendment rights, and pretty soon your First Amendment rights as well, as this dementia-ridden fool who, through chicanery, fraud, and all manner of ruse and artifice, has ascended to the office of the President of the United States, continues his almost fetish-like obsession with governance by executive order. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another National Preview Online podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe to the show. And you can do so in one of three ways. You can either go to the app store of the device that you choose, your iTunes app store, your Google Play store, and just simply search the NPO podcast and click subscribe. Or you can download the free Podbean app from either of those two places and subscribe and comment on the show that way. Either way you do it, through your native app store or the Podbean app, you'll be able to write reviews, leave comments, and you can always send us an email directly at nationalpreviewonline at gmail.com if there's a comment you have to make to us directly, or should I say to me directly, and uh, question me or ask me to do a show on a particular matter. So, Mr. Biden, the president who says that uh, running by executive order, at least before he became president, was not the way to go about it, uh, is doing exactly that. The White House now, through Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, a very nauseating woman who's constantly circling back, she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about, is uh, indicating that more gun control action is coming that this is the beginning. He's coming after announced uh, new executive actions to regulate ghost guns and red flag laws. Uh, the president is not going to wait for Congress to act, to take additional executive actions. This is the beginning. He will continue to have his team review, both from a policy and a legal standpoint, additional executive actions that are possible to take. It should be no surprise to anyone, therefore, that with this type of climate out there, gun sales are through the roof. And stock in gun companies is probably a very good thing to own right about now. Uh, She said that Biden is going to attempt to push Congress to take long-term measures. Biden isn't pushing anyone to do anything. Biden is just a senile, dementia-ridden, corrupt old son of a bitch who's sitting there signing anything he's told to sign and shoved in front of him. If you really think that this guy is running anything, then you've really drunk Kool-Aid and you've got a serious psychological problem. This guy is one step away, one French fry short of a Happy Meal. His elevator does not go to the top floor. He's got one foot in the grave and the other one on a banana peel. Last month, the House passed two background check bills, including one for people who are seeking to purchase or transfer a firearm, and the other that would give authorities 10 business days for federal background checks. Nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment, according to Biden. Um, These are phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake from what we're talking about. Well, they are Second Amendment rights at stake. Jim Jordan, the reliable conservative from Ohio, called him out in the carpet. He said Biden and Harris were silent as rioters endangered families and burned cities. Now they offer new restrictions that completely sidestep Congress and would do nothing to stop criminals. 
while leaving law-abiding citizens defenseless. I find this cynical, I'll, no, I'm sorry, I'll fight this cynical and unconstitutional effort. Signaling opposition to Biden's gun agenda in Congress, House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy wrote that Republicans will strongly oppose and pursue every option, be it legislative or judicial, to protect the right to keep and bear arms from infringement by this administration. Look, this is really what it's always been, ladies and gentlemen. I've said this before, but for those of you who are new to the show, laws are great. They set the ground rules. They let people know what is permissible and what is not permissible in an organized, well-regulated society. But laws are made for honest people, just as padlocks are made for honest people. They help keep honest people honest. They discourage illegal conduct from being engaged in by the majority of people who also happen to be honest by virtue of their existence. For those who are dishonest, the criminal element, the people who don't follow laws but make a life's work out of violating laws, they simply proscribe and fashion and structure punishment for those in violation of the laws. But they do nothing to prevent people from violating those laws. Therefore, laws such as these do nothing to prevent criminals from acquiring guns or engaging in this conduct. All they do is help us fashion the punishment when they violate the laws. What they do do is prevent honest people from having guns. Because all of these things that they're writing now are already against the law for criminals. Why we're having this discussion is beyond me. Well, actually, it's not beyond me. It's because they're not about, they're not about punishing criminals. They're not about uh, sensible gun laws. We have more than enough gun laws in this country. If all of them were enforced, we wouldn't have any problems. But we have these idiots out there trying to disarm America so they can impose a communist government. You see what they're doing now. Imagine if no one had any guns, what they'd be doing. This is the death of common sense. And that is the underlying theme of today's show, the death of common sense. This is just the tip of the iceberg. This is not just the death of common sense. This is the advancement of a communist enterprise. But we have more stuff to show the death of common sense. Let's look at this. In the state of Arkansas, Arkansas has become the first state to ban gender reassignment surgeries in, surgeries in children. Now, we used to call them sex change operations when I was coming up. Now they call them gender reassignment. Um, very, very clever euphemism. Now, there was a law that was passed in the Republican-led House and Senate, and they both voted on April 6th to override the veto of Governor Asa Hutchinson. This state law seeks to outlaw gender reassignment surgeries and hormone treatments for children under the age of 18. Now, Asa Hutchinson vetoed that bill. He wanted children under 18 to be able to avail themselves of gender reassignment surgeries and hormone treatments as long as their parents consented. In some states, like in Massachusetts, the parents aren't even allowed to get involved. You go 
to uh, a doctor and say that I I don't feel right. I feel like I'm a a girl in a boy's body, and that's it. They cut the parents right out, and they'll give medical advice to these children who aren't even old enough to know what video game they want to play. They're going to make a decision on an irreversible surgery that's going to affect them for the rest of their lives? I think not. This bill, House Bill 1570, otherwise known as the Arkansas SAFE Act, Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act, will become law 90 days after the Arkansas General Assembly goes into recess on April 30th. It would prohibit physicians and health care professionals from providing gender transition procedures to people under 18 years old or referring the minors to other health care professionals for the procedures. Medical providers who violate this law could face disciplinary actions from the appropriate licensing entity or disciplinary review board. Quote, it is of grave concern to the General Assembly that the medical community is allowing individuals who experience distress at identifying with their biological sex to be subjects of irreversible and drastic non-genital gender reassignment surgery and irreversible, permanently sterilizing genital gender reassignment surgery, despite the lack of studies showing that the benefits of such extreme interventions outweigh the risks. Now, that is absolutely true. Ladies and gentlemen, and if you have been a regular listener of this podcast, you know that I've weighed in on this issue before. I even read to you uh, in a recent episode an article from the Wall Street Journal that was originally published in 2014, written by the eminent psychiatrist Dr. Paul McHugh. Now, Paul McHugh was the former head of psychiatry at John Hopkins University. John Hopkins University, for those of you who are not aware was the very first medical institution in this country to provide sex change operations. They no longer provide them. Their long-term studies of the people for whom they have provided the surgeries indicates to them that surgery results in no better, well-adjusted, mentally healthy, happy patient than people who opted not to have the surgery had psychotherapy instead. And for people who have a surgery of this magnitude and achieve no better result than someone who opts for therapy, they feel is not a reason to amputate healthy body parts. In fact, not only are they not any more happy or satisfied than people who went for therapy, the suicide rate among people who opt for these surgeries is 29 times what it is in the general population. Now, there are people who are going to try and say, people who are in favor of this sort of lunacy, that it's because they're ostracized, they're pressured, it's the public won't accept them. Are you kidding me? We have a bunch of politicians who are nothing more than whores looking to compete or looking to compete for the favor and the votes of any Uh, lobbying group they can find that are doing backflips to do everything to change the way the rest of us live to satisfy six-tenths of one percent of the population. Six-tenths of one percent of the population who have a mental disorder. And that's exactly what it is. As Dr. Paul McHugh aptly explained, this fascination with gender reassignment, this looking into the mirror 
And seeing a girl when you're a man with a penis is no different. It is no different than the starving, anorexic, or bulimic girl who looks into the mirror and sees a fat girl. The fact that she sees a fat girl doesn't make it so. And the fact that this man with a penis looks into a mirror and sees a blonde with a curvaceous figure doesn't make it so. It is beyond the ability of current state of medical science, according to Dr. McHugh, and it's hard to disagree, to be able to change a man into a woman or a woman into a man. All these surgeries do is result in a very masculinized woman or a very feminized man. They do not and cannot change one into the other. And there is no reason to engage in this. And to subject children who haven't even been fully formed in their intellect and woo them into going down this path, which is irreversible and could sentence them to a life of misery, is not just insane, it's criminal. And I can't imagine why the governor would veto this bill. Fortunately, he's term limited. I think we'll have Sarah Huckabee Sanders as the next governor of the state of Arkansas. But there's still more in the lunacy crew. Still more. We have a high school coach fired in New Hampshire after rejecting a mandate that track runners wear masks. Yes, this is true. Bradley Keyes uh, was a coach who had been coaching at Pembroke Academy for the better part of four years. Now, he's got a blog, and he wrote that the school informed him that athletes would be required to wear masks when they compete in accordance with the recommendations from the New Hampshire Interscholastic Athletic Association. Now, this organization apparently regulates or oversees sports throughout the state. And they recommend that athletes wear masks in all track and field events, except those involving throwing and jumping hurdles. Now, why jumping hurdles is a problem as opposed to an out-and-out sprint? Why throwing? I have no idea. It also orders that six feet of physical distancing must be maintained at all times and specifically bans supporting or encouragement of gestures such as hugging, handshaking, and fist bumps. Now, I'd love to know what this, we could find this out maybe, I'd love to know what this New Hampshire Interscholastic Athletic Association is recommending for like high school and college football. Are they not wearing masks either? Or baseball? I mean, why is track and field being singled out? Keys put on his blog, fire me if you must. He emailed the Pembroke athletic director, in which he declared he would rather lose the job than enforce the mask requirement. Quote, I will not put kids on the track and tell them to run any races while wearing masks. I will not stand up in front of the kids and lie to them and tell them that these masks are doing anything worthwhile out in an open field with wind blowing and the sun shining. These insane policies are robbing kids of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for no valid reason other than irrational fears and going along with the sheep. I couldn't have written it any better. 
Keyes apparently posted this on his blog on April 5th, saying he had been fired. One of the fundamental parts of all this is learning to play by the rules. The rules supposedly put in place in order to create a fair and level playing field, to let everyone know what is expected and allowed, and then to let the best man, woman, or team win. Except now we are adding arbitrary, senseless, ill-thought rules. One of the Pembroke track team members told CBS Boston that he has concerns about wearing a mask while competing. It gets you really tired, especially when it's going to get up to 80 degrees soon, and it's going to be really hard for us to keep doing what we like to do. The incident gained media attention because, of course, the Communist Party favorite, Dr. Anthony Do-Nothing, Know-Nothing Fauci, who leads the White House task force, blames maskless sport activities for the spread of the virus in American schools. Now, you've got to be kidding me. And here he is. We're finding out that if, the, the, if it's the team sports where kids are getting together, obviously many without masks that are driving it rather than in the classroom spread. Listen to me. This is the same illogic being used by Il Duce here in the state of New York, closing down restaurants, even though we know that restaurants are only responsible for less than 3% of all spreads. Most home gatherings are responsible for the bulk, but they're regulating restaurants because they can, shutting down and driving them into financial ruin. And now you got this idiot from Brooklyn who hasn't seen a living patient in 40 years telling everyone how we have to wear a mask. He's been vaccinated. He walks around in public wearing two masks. If he's not grandstanding, I don't know what or who is. This is ridiculous. Coach Keyes had it right. One of the fundamental parts of playing is learning to play by the rules, to let the best man or woman or team win. Except now, we are adding arbitrary, senseless, ill-thought rules. Coach Keyes, as a man who's trained athletes in my younger days, I couldn't agree more. And even now, I still work with athletes and train them, and I would never make an athlete wear a mask. Many of the athletes I I train, many of the kids who compete in high school sports, suffer from asthma, and they compete despite their asthma. Many of them outgrow their asthma as they go through puberty. Where's the greater risk? As you say, running out in the wind-blowing field with the sun shining, with no mask, or taking a child athlete who's fighting his asthma and make him wear a mask and inhale CO2 which the climate change crowd says is a greenhouse gas. Make him go into a fatal asthma attack or a very serious asthma attack? No. You don't make the kids wear the masks. Coach Keyes is right. Let the best man or woman a team win under fair rules, not arbitrary and capricious rules. Except now, Coach Keyes, we have to alter that. We have to alter that language thanks to a bunch of states who have really gone off the psychological edge. We have to allow the best man, woman, or team, or person who thinks he's a woman, win. Thanks to all these legislations in various states trying to destroy women's sports by allowing men masquerading as women, and that's all it is, to compete in those sports. You want to dress up as a woman? Fine. October 31st, that's your day, Halloween. 
You want to wear a costume? Go do it then. Trick or treat, if you will. You're not fooling the rest of us. For National Preview Online, I'm Jamie Dury.